On this episode of Bear Podcast, interview with Dylan Thomas Good, author of Wolf. Learn how to cook nude from the bare naked chef. Hoop may cure obesity. Meanwhile, at the Oregon Bear Run, the militia gets dildos and lots of lube. All these in your emails and voicemails coming up next on Bear Podcast. Bear Podcast 598. Bigger than the earth, floating through space. Kind of concerns many of us, even gay people. He used to be cute, but that bitch just, she needs to be slight. Strip cards against humanity. And it's Sunday night, did you do the sing-along with Sound of Music? One of them is gay, and the other is straight. I'm so gay. Apparently he became gay. It might be a source of sexually positive pleasure. We worked on it, we had pleasure, that's, that's great. That's how it's done. Welcome everyone to Bear Podcast. I am Nard. And I'm Ray. Yes, and welcome to episode 598, and it's a Monday, January 18, 2016. Oh my God, two more, two epi- more episodes, and we're two done. Episodes. Da, 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 da. Uh, yeah, so it's going to be exciting. We have uh, things planned for you guys. We don't know what those plans are yet, but uh, it's going to happen. So just a few, uh, just a few uh, updates. Uh, next week, uh, we're, we're not going to have a show because I have a family emergency. And uh, so we're going to come back two weeks after. So the weekend of, when is that? The weekend of February 1st. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then that will be episode 599. Nine. And then 600 will be... After Mardi Gras. After Mardi Gras. We just come from Mardi Gras. Oh, my gosh. So we got so, so much... we'll be drunk. Yeah, we'll be... <laughs> no, not really. I hope not. We'll probably record some show there. Maybe. We'll see. All right. So just a few weekend updates before we go on. It's actually... Uh, softball season soon, so I'm getting ready with my team. The wave, we're playing softball now. We're, we're, we are. Uh, are you pitching or catching? Both. Uh-huh. I'm versatile that versatile. way. <laughs> Is this like t-ball or? Yeah, it's t-ball, tit-ball. No, it's it, yeah. Playing softball is coming uh, March, I think. So that's gonna be exciting. MSL is gonna be Montrose Softball League is uh, starting up. So. Yeah, we're starting to practice and everything, and uh, this is going to be cool. It's really cool. And uh, what did we do last weekend? Something geeky. We went and saw Star Wars. Well, I went and saw Star Wars for the second time. This was your, what, third My time? My third time. Third time, so. So, yeah, I got... And I got he had this big it. question about the gravesite at the end. Okay, a little bit of spoilers. By now, you should have watched, watched it, it, okay? If you are watching this... If you haven't watched it now, Jason, it's only you, man. Okay. It's only you, Jason. So... The third time, I just, there are two things that I wanted to hear. During, I needed to listen to the voice that uh, when when uh, Ray had that uh, vision, Flash, this yeah. flashback, that uh, vision. Yeah, it was Obi Wan Kenobi's voice. Supposedly, Obi Wan Kenobi's voice, and there's another one that sounded like Darth Vader's voice or James Earl Jones' voice. So it was weird. I I, I just had to listen. I just had to listen to it. And oh, so that's the first one. The second part is. I wanted to see the grave site, the graveyard when... I don't think that's a grave site. You don't think so? I think... Here's my take on this. This is a spoiler, so Jason, since you haven't seen the movie, fast forward or... When somebody shit. died. Let's just say... Just... Somebody died. A major character died. And I think Luke felt that in the Force like Leia did. Mm-hmm. General Organa. Yeah. When she was standing there, she knew when this character died. And Luke felt it too. And I think he made a graveyard. I think he made a what's it called? A, a tombstone. Memorial, a memorial to his friend. A memorial, maybe. Well, yeah. So 
It's just that it's protruding. It really raises a lot of questions, and pe people will be talking about it. So, I just or it could say. just be a rock, a rock. <laughs> or I mean, this thing was filmed in an old uh, monastery on an island in Ireland, so it could be part of the monastery. It might have been a marker for the monastery or Maybe. a grave site for the monastery. Yeah. So, but I think it might have been something because that's. I think that's what he was sitting over there looking down, realizing. All that's happened. I think he knows how this character died and who killed him. Yeah, probably. I think he had so, a sense of what happened. So there are so many things that you know that I ha I wanted to see for myself again instead of waiting for the DVD just to see those stuff. But of course, if you guys get the DVD in the near in the far fu near future, probably yeah. near future, and you yeah, can probably yeah, by the spring. Yeah, you know what? I might buy it online. You might I might buy the 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 digital copy of it online, and you know, so I can play it anytime. Mm -hmm. It is pretty good. I, I enjoyed it, even if I watched it the third time. So I'm giving Disney more money. Okay, okay so uh, what else have I been doing here? Um, actually, I, I finished a book called Dark what? Fever. When did you start this book? I read it. Uh, well, I didn't read it, but I audiobooked it. I was listening to it. So that's how you pass the time. And you're driving you know, to New Orleans, back and forth. And you, I got to listen to... It's, it's Dark Fever, written by Karen Mar Marie Moaning. And it's a... Kind of a sci-fi book about a girl who's got who's got abilities. So yeah, if you guys want, well, what kind of abilities does she? Well, have they're sure. more of you know with the Suki, Suki Stackhouse, it's more vampire, not really. I mean, it's more vampire. This one, it's more fae. They don't say they don't say fairies, but fae. So although so it's gay, it's kind of gay. No, Is not there really a gay. gay. Fae, yeah. Is there a gay? No, there's none. But anyway, so Suki Stackhouse had gay fae. Yes, there's there there are some gay fae there. There are gays everywhere. So in this book, in Dark Fever, it's really just about a a um um it it, it, it it's more about fairies or fae and some vampires, some some power. It's just weird. Yeah, but it, it's so a good it was start. Karen and Marie moaning. What? Was Karen and Marie moaning? Yeah, he was Karen Moni, Marie moaning, moaning. Yeah, okay. and also Jessica Jones last week. You finished it already, right? Oh, I've been done with that. Yeah, okay. I I just finished. And they renewed week. It second season. It's pretty good. Spoiler alert. No, no, I'm not gonna say so. Yeah. Jessica Jones, recommendable. Watch it on uh, Netflix. Okay. All I can say about Jessica Jones, she's one thirsty bitch. Yeah, she is. Thirsty for the D. <laughs> the big black D. She was thirsty for it. <laughs> If he was, if she was a, uh, she was gay, she would be a power bottom. I don't know what she'd be, but she was, yeah. wrecked, she wrecked a bad baby. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, I watched a new show yesterday that's coming out next week on the 25th of January. Um, Sci-Fi's got a new show coming out called The Magicians. Mm -hmm. How was it? It was interesting. It's based on a series of books, and I've never heard of the books, but um, they show, they put the first episode online so you can go watch it and then... I think the 25th is Monday, if I remember correctly. Oh, okay. They're going to do that episode and the next episode. They're going to do back-to-back -back episodes as a season premiere. So I watched it just to see if it was like, okay, am I going to want to watch this? And it caught, it got my attention enough that I said, okay, I'll watch this. So, Oh, it just reminded me. Um, also, yesterday, I got to watch the first episode of Da Vinci's Demons. I, I did talk to, talk to you about that before. Yeah. All right. Did you see Penis? Well, there was one. <laughs> But, 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 there is one with, guys, if you watch Downton Abbey, Hugh Bonneville is a bear, you know? 
and he was naked here on Da Vinci's Demon and Demons, and it's wow! I've never seen Which him. Was Hugh Bonneville? See the Earl, or the the, the Earl, yeah, the Earl, the Earl of of uh, Greystoke. No, I was about to say I was I was about to say Gotham, <laughs> the Earl of Gotham. No, the Earl of Downton of Downton, the Earl of Downton. So anyway, the Earl of Downton is naked there and. I was looking for that TV show. I never knew what it was because I, I've been seeing it online. If you, so you probably... is the Irish boy from Downton Abbey on the series, and is he naked? No, just, uh, just no, just, just uh, Hugh Bonneville. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, so that, that's what's yeah. So there's a bunch of interesting shows that are coming out: the Shahara Chronicles, yeah, the Magicians, the Expanse, all this stuff that's come out towards the end of last year, first this year. So. It's like a good sci-fi year. I know I've been trying to figure out what I got to cut out of my program. So Gotham's been cut. Mm-hmm. Z Nation's been cut. I even I, I I've been trying to watch well, American Horror I, Story myself because but. I hadn't watched it soon enough. Like some episodes got deleted and they're not on demand, so I'm like three episodes missing. Mm-hmm. So anyway, all right. Okay, so just before we move on, um, just uh, a few people that are you know uh, passed away. This uh, this month, it's uh, Alan Rickman who played Dumbledore. No, no, he sorry, Dumbledore. He, he played uh, Severus Snape, yes. and he played uh, a character in Die Hard, and he created a character. I forgot his. Forgot He's their played names. a bunch of characters in the Galaxy Quest. He was there yeah. too. But in fact, there's a meme today about him where he's and I can't remember what movie he's in. He said he walks by and there's the do- the no- number on the door is three sixty four, and he said someday I'm gonna make that number famous. Famous, and in Harry Potter he says turn to page three sixty four. Oh. That's what he said. Yeah, okay. so I thought that was funny. I never caught that. So. Yeah. But then I, I haven't watched all his other movies again. So then, Alan Rickman and... and well, Glenn one. Fry passed today from the Eagles. Yeah, so, so... They're dropping like flies, people. It must be the, a rapture. A rap, yeah, so so many artists and... Uh, and uh, and they're all singers, in their all no singers, and they're all musicians. in the late 60 time frame, so I don't know if that's scary or not. I know. They're too young. That's really sad. But anyway, so before we go, uh, so coming up next is actually an interview with um, Dylan Thomas Good, and he uh, he's an author of uh, he's the author of a bear-oriented suspense novel called Wolf. So here's the interview. Joining us today is Dylan Thomas Good, is the author of the bear-oriented suspense novel called Wolf. Welcome to the show, Dylan. Thank you very much, fellas. It's great to be here. Yes, it's awesome that you have us and uh, Ray's here uh, with me, and we're just gonna talk about your book. And before we go, before uh, we go through that, uh, let's talk about you first. Uh, where are you based right now? Uh, pardon me. Where are you based? Where are you located right now? Where am I based? Oh, I'm based right now. I'm in uh, Washington County, Washington, which is the last county in the northwest of Washington State. Uh, I would say I'm probably about 15 to 20 miles south of the Canadian border, and uh, that would probably be just about 50 miles south of Vancouver, British Columbia. Mm -hmm. Oh, so you're you're close to Ted Cruz's home. (laughs) Yes. Yes. You know it. You know it. Okay. All over the place. You know, we don't like to say too much about it, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. 
Every right. time his name comes up and they talk about his deal, I can hear Canadians everywhere saying, I'm sorry. I'm oh, sorry. Yes. <laughs> sorry yeah. Canadians. Yeah. Just, you know, hang your head in shame type of thing. Yeah. <laughs> is it like uh, uh, gloomy or is it sunny during the day or what? I, well, you know, it depends on what day you come. Uh, basically, I would say, you know, uh, the last two winters, we haven't had any snow practically at all. Uh, you know, it gets a little icy, a little snowy up here. Once in a while, we'll get we'll get hit pretty hard. But I would say, for the most part, it stays between twenty five and eighty five degrees year round. Oh, well, that's that's pretty pleasant. It's yeah. okay, I guess. So yeah, it's, 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 not, it's, it's not a major difference, but uh, it's that's just Houston enough. That's Houston on a normal day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Okay, so uh, we're here to talk about your book. Let, uh, a little bit background on your writing. So when did you get got started into writing? Actually, I started in about 1990. I was still in high school at the time. And uh, I actually started taking uh, creative writing courses at UNLV down in Las Vegas, which is where I lived at the time. And I was finishing up high school there. And uh, I studied under one of the story editors of MASH, the, the television show MASH back oh, in the day. Okay. And uh, it was a fellow by the name of Irving H. Cooper. And, uh, and, and the fellow was just totally old school. He was by then in his 70s or 80s, I believe. And he had been doing stuff, uh, you know, for Broadway back in the 40s and 50s. And he was originally from Chicago. And, and so I learned my, my initial introduction to the craft of writing and screenwriting especially was all from someone who was just, you know, incredibly old school, very old Hollywood golden era of, you know, a film type of thing. And so now, you know, I had to try to use that and kind of graft it on what I wanted to do as a writer. And uh, I started out in screenwriting, which uh, is, you know, what Wolf originally was intended to be. It was going to be a, a screenplay, but uh, oh, getting into screenwriting, okay. getting, yeah, getting into screenwriting is just hellaciously difficult. If you don't have the right attorney, uh, the right literary agent, you don't you know, live in Los Angeles and you don't, you know, have a family member who's hooked up through Warner Brothers or Paramount or something oh, yeah, to that effect. Know someone it, who it, knows someone. Yeah. It, yeah. And it's, it's not, it's not what you know to, you know, and uh, it's something that's really, really difficult to do. So I said, you know, hell with that. I'm just going to go ahead and uh, do Wolf in a different thing and write it as a book. And it ended up being my first novel and uh, it took a while to write but uh, after I got done, you know, I knew I had done something right because all of a sudden publishers were starting to say, hey, we want it or we're interested or something like that. Mm -hmm. You know, it was the total antithesis of what I had experienced up to that point with screenwriting, which was, hey, this is nice, but uh, not right now. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, OK, a little background about the book. Oh, what? Tell us just what you can. What can you tell us about uh, like a synopsis or a description of the book? Uh, basic description of the book uh, it, it entails a character by the name of Carl, Carl Danielson, and uh, he's kind of a tall, big-boned, uh, chub kind of fellow. Nice. And uh, he, yes, and he's uh, he's hit he's hit kind of skid row. He's uh, running out of prescription medication. He's about to get evicted. Uh, he's wow. flunked out of out of college. He's not doing too well. And uh, all of a sudden, after a year. Uh, his ex-boyfriend comes around. His ex-boyfriend was trying to get into documentary filmmaking. And in order to do so, uh, he has some people that want to bite on his ideas, but they want him to make a full 
feature to make sure that he's worthy of the job. And uh, so he enlists his ex-boyfriend, who, like I said, is in dire straits and can really use, you know, some money. And uh, he says, okay, you know, I want you to be in this film that uh, I've got, you know, I've got set up. And the catch is the film is going to be based on their relationship. I see. Interesting. And so they have been apart for a year and bit by bit and piece by piece, uh, they start to unravel what's happened over the last year and the reasons why they broke up and things go from bad to worse <laughs> basically <see>. from that. <laughs> wow, so uh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's got a lot of things to do with, uh, father son, you know, roles within gay community, especially gay men. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, uh, all those types of things about polyamory versus monogamy. Uh, you know, it, it, it and it takes place in 2006. I, I said it, it, it's actually set up here in uh, 2006 in the Pacific Northwest. And the reason I did so was because around 2006, it was kind of a weird little crossover time for gay community. It was when, like, we had Brokeback Mountain and uh, uh, Queer Eye for the yeah, Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. And it, basically, it was when the media was starting to co opt gay society and, and gay culture. And uh, there was a big division in the gay community, I noticed, where some gays thought that was great because, you know, we were finally getting some kind of recognition and people were down with our, you know, our causes and our lifestyle. And then other, you know, other gays thought it was a travesty. They thought it was a total sellout. Mm-hmm. And so, it, you know, there was, like I said, there's a big divide between, you know, sellout and recognition and polyamory and monogamy and, you know, all these kind of sexual roles that go um, kind of back and forth in this concentric circle within the gay community. Do you think that um, oh, it, it, this character, Carl, is he a reflection of somebody you know? Um, I, I, yeah, uh, in oh a way, God. I mean, every. Yeah, I mean, yeah, everybody I know, um, you know, ultimately in a way becomes character. I mean, um, myself, I usually, I've noticed that even myself, I I tend to dice up into three or four parts and put them into three or four different characters in all of my work. Uh, So I I, I think that's pretty much a common thing uh, with a lot of writers. I mean, some do it more than others. But uh, but yeah, you know, there's there's always a hint of yourself or someone you've known, or you know, someone that you were a neighbor to in 1987 or something. You know, that there's there's always something that's based upon something tangible in your past, yeah. and uh, there's always this. And I think that's that's in a way very good because you've got this thread of authenticity that runs through it as a result. Mm-hmm. And you can always use your friends. Yes. 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 So they come good. in handy, don't they? Say, yes. Oh, that's me. Oh, my God. You son of a bitch. You made me the whore in the book. <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, actually, I did. Uh, I, have a, I, have a good friend, I have a good friend down in Florida. And oh uh, there's actually there's actually a doctor's name in, in like the last half of Wolf. And I used his last name. And uh, he just got he just got the book, and so I'm waiting for him to hit that part where I've used his last name. So uh, it, it's always kind of neat to, like I say, uh, throw people you know or you're related to or you know uh, into the book just so you know 
you've got some extra meat there for people who are reading it that are that are close to the material. You know, it kind of reminds me of the help. Remember the help yeah. <laughs> when the yeah. people are reading. That's me. <laughs> that's me. You know? Yeah, that's me. That's me. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I, you know, and some people, you know, I, I would never, you know do something outright and, oh, yeah, you know, you know, slanderous or anything. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, I, I don't want to pull a, you know, an Alanis Morissette or a, uh, a Taylor <laughs> Swift or something, you know, and, and really just run somebody and rip their ass, rip them in their asshole about it. But, you know, it, it, it's just, it, it, that's never my intention, you know, it, and I don't set out to do that. I mean, I could have done that with this book, but I, about two thirds of the way through the the note taking, which I started taking notes for Wolf back in late two thousand nine. Wow, um, then, huh? it, it was a little long process, and uh, good. I don't feel I, bad anymore. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ray, <laughs> an aspiring writer himself. <laughs> yes, yes, Ray. We we got to get you in the mix there, you know. And uh, but yeah, the weird thing about it was, you know, I in a way I could have made this a lot more autobiographical if I really wanted to, but. Partway through the process, I had to sort of kick my ego to the curb. And, uh, you know, the secondary character became the main character and all that type of thing. And I had, like I said, I had to kind of push my own ego out of the way Mm -hmm. in order for the story itself to take flight and really become what it needed to become. Mm -hmm. So, um, okay, right now, is it out now or is it coming out in February? Yeah. Yep. It's available now from Bare Bones Books. Uh, You would just recently i know you took the ron serisha you know who he is oh, yes. and uh and uh so yeah it, it was released late last year so it's been out for a couple months now and it's available at all your regular places you know amazon goodreads mashwords uh brook and mortar stores it, it's everywhere okay so okay let's talk about uh what's in store for you now for this year uh, i mean what Oh man, there's there's always something going on. Uh, right now, I'm uh, yeah, there's always something going on. Uh, I've got another book I'm trying to write right now, but I'm getting ready to move, so it's probably not going to happen. But uh, actually, next month I have a short story, uh, an erotic fairy tale, coming out in a book called The Biggest Lover, and uh, and like I said, it's coming out from Bare Books. At Bare Bones Books and uh, R. Jackson, also known as Ron Serratia, was uh, a wonderful fellow who went and compiled it and edited it. And uh, it's it's just one of I believe twenty one stories That's in right. the book. I'm about and, to get uh, it, it, Yeah, and it has to do uh, with uh, basically Chub Love, Chub Erotica, uh, looking at uh, you know being big boned in a positive light rather than something that's really negative, and uh, throwing you know spotlight on. The, the positive rather than the negative that we hear so much in you know society and in the media and all those types of things about how horrible it is, but it isn't because you know as we know there's so many people out there that you know are into this kind of thing and it, it, you know they're physically and emotionally and mentally attracted to that, mm-hmm. and uh, you know there needs to be a forum for that. So I'm I'm real thankful that that Ron got on the put on the hook and, and got this type of thing out there. You know, I, I'm not a chub myself, but like I said, it's, it's, it's a niche that needed to be filled and, and Ron recognized that. And, uh, and there you go. And the, the, uh, the story is called indivisible mm-hmm. and, uh, it takes place in kind of a futuristic Arabian fantasy world. Yeah. And it has to do with a prince becoming a king. And, uh, I really dig the story. I wrote it last summer. I believe it was like May of 2015. Oh, okay. And uh, and I was going through a really chaotic time, so the story itself kind of took 
a different path than I expected, uh, simply because of the trajectory my own life was on. And there was, there was some neat parallels. And I, like I said, it came out really well. I'm real proud of it. So everybody go out and check that out because there's lots of other stuff besides mine in there that's, that's definitely worth checking out. So you got your stuff uh, coming out. And uh, Ray here is uh, trying to b- write a book himself. And uh, what kind of, a, what, what would you say? What would you advise Ray on this one? <laughs> on, uh... Basically, basically, write, write what you know. I try, Ray, to be totally honest with you, write what you know, because I tried for 25 years to start at the bottom and work up characterization, you know, idiosyncrasies of characters, plots, uh, plot twists, all that stuff. But if you actually take from your own life and, uh, and you spin it and, and make something really dramatic out of it or something really funny or whatever, then you have it right there because no matter what you put your stamp on, it's going to have this kind of certificate of authenticity that goes along with it. And uh, so, like I said, you know, anybody should out there, I have this little plaque on my desk right now just down the hall that says, write your own story. And, uh, and that's literally what I started doing. And as soon as I started doing it, Publishers started clamoring for my stuff. So it's like, okay, obviously I need to stick with what I know. And, uh, and that would be the advice that I'd give Ray or anybody else that's looking out, you know, to get their own voice out there. Make it your voice, literally, you know, keep, keep true to your own life and your own experiences. Because, you know, no matter how old you are, you know, those stories that you have are just yours. They're yours only. And no one else can tell them the way you can. Yeah. That is very true. So yeah. Ray, but but what Ray has is you know in mind is a lot of sex. That's no 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 yeah. that that was that was the initial <laughs> purge of, of bullshit on the paper. <laughs> okay, I actually had a friend of mine that that I that I've known for a while. I said, "Man, read the first three chapters of this and then tell me what you think." Honestly, be honest with me. He said, "Yeah." His his first question was, "Are you writing?" writing young adult fiction or are you writing gay porn? <laughs> he said, you need to make a decision. It goes straight to gay porn. <laughs> so, well, so. you know, the, the one nice thing I can say is at least it wasn't an overlap where it was gay, young adult porn. You know, they, yeah. we can have that. So. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so at least there's some kind of line of demarcation there for you yeah. to, to work on. There you go. So that, that helps. Yeah. So I was positive. like, okay, so I'm going young adults. <laughs> and then I can put all my my daddy boy issues in there, and that'll be a great story. Yes, that's right. Yes. Involve werewolves yeah. and gays and magic, and it'd be awesome. That's what. Well, that, that, I, hey, yeah, it, it, you know it'll sell. I mean, it, I mean, anything. I, if you can just hit the market at the right time, it's all about timing. You know, I mean, you can go out and write the most commercial book ever, and but if you miss the boat with what's popular in, in, you know, in, you know, social media or pop culture or any of those types of things, it's not going to sell. It just, like I said, just go ahead. And literally back in the day, I swear to God, they actually did a big, big Gallup poll type of thing back in the seventies. And they took all that info and they took all that information about what people wanted to see on television. And they said, they want to see a guy out in nature with a big bear and they turned it into Grizzly Adams. And I swear to God, it was oh. in the top 10. That's literally how they made Grizzly Adams, this wow. television show. It was, they, actually, they went out and they asked people, what do you want to see on telly? And they said, we want to see a, a show with a burly guy with a big bear. And they 
turns it into a show. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And now it's a big, now it's an uh, ongoing reality show in a state next to you. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, we've got a lot of stuff going up here. You know, it's like, yeah. it, there's always something. And, and, and not only that, but I mean, you know, uh, with, uh, I mean, in the 90s, this was, in a way, in the 90s, this is the place to be because you had grunge and all that type of stuff. Oh, yeah, um, Washington, whereas, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then now Portland, you know, has become, has sort of taken the mantle and, and, and run with it. And, you know, they have that big saying, you know, keep Portland weird. And mm-hmm. so people really gravitate towards that. And needless yeah. to say, you know, it, it, it creates a lot of possibilities for television shows and books and films and uh, and things of that nature. So, uh, so yeah, which unfortunately, I, I used to live in Oregon years ago. So I was I was ahead of the curve, unfortunately. So yeah. I kind of missed the boat on that one. <laughs> but, but, yeah, Portland is definitely enjoying uh, kind of a renaissance, uh, a weird renaissance now. And uh, it's kind of nice to see because uh, they – they need some recognition, you know, they're not just rain and donuts, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I kept thinking about that uh, bear run in Oregon. What is it? Is it, it, is it, it's the a militia camp, the militia standoff. The militia yes. standoff. Uh, it's pretty much like a bear. We just talked about it on, on uh, one of our segments. So it's really funny. But it, it, <laughs> so anyway, um, okay. So, well, I really appreciate you joining us in the show. It's great to have you and, uh, and like I said, yeah, your books are available on your your uh, the, the book Wolf is available on barebonesbooks.com. Barebonesbooks.com and uh, wherever fine self-respecting books are sold. And uh, you can also find out more about me at my own website. It's just dylanthomasgood.com. So you can find out all the information on that. That's kind of your go-to. All right. So, well, thank you very much for uh, joining the show. It's always a pleasure. Thank you very much, guys, and, and good luck in all your future endeavors, and thanks for you know all the things you've done, the 600 shows that you've done here for the Bear community. I really appreciate it, and I'm sure a lot of fellows do, too. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Dylan. Thank you, Dylan, for joining us in the show, and uh, you can uh, check out his books at uh, uh, barebonesbooks.com. Okay, so on with the gay, the geek, and the bizarre. bizarre. All right. Okay. All right, our gay this week, if y'all haven't seen it, we have the bare naked chef. <sighs> have you yes. seen this, Maynard? I've I've seen I've seen pictures, but you've seen pictures, just pictures. I take it you are not impressed by the bear. I am, but uh, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so anyway, um, the bare naked chef is basically a scruff bear. And if y'all don't know the difference between scruff bear, they're muscle bears with hair, or muscle guys with hair, unlike. Um, Growler bears, which are usually chubby hairy guys like me. So, anyway, the scruff bear, the bear naked chef, episode one, season one, chicken catch story. Managing learn to cook American food. Oh, really? Meat and potatoes? Yeah. Have you ever woken up in the morning, headed straight to the kitchen, and made breakfast naked? Well, I have. <laughs> Actually, I have. So, I've seen um, extra videos. Well, Adrian de Bardinas. Berardinas. Berardinas. I cannot do names. Adrian Berardinas, it does, and honestly, food is his love. Moreover, he thinks food is sexy. Really? Yes. Mm. Growing up in a foodie household, I began cooking at the age of eight, cultivating my passion for authentic Italian cuisine, learning from the loving and masterful hands of my grandmother and my mother. By age 11, I had the privilege of working in our family-owned pizzeria and restaurants, which honed my kitchen and cooking skills. I specialize in authentic regional Italian dishes because of it, 
but my exploration doesn't stop there as I experiment with other tastes from across the globe. I also love to cook as a dish upon request and make it the ultimate version of what you've imagined or remembered. So if y'all haven't seen the video, you can go to YouTube and search for The Bare Naked Chef, Episode 1, Season 1, Chicken Cacciatore. And basically, he is naked. He has on an apron mm -hmm. that covers the front bits, but not the back bits. And they like to flash to his butt. You know, he's a typical Italian white guy with not much of a butt, but he's still nice to look at. I think he's muscular and pretty yeah, odd. Yeah, he's got a nice cut. I'll, I think I like his quaff. I don't know if I could pull off his beard and haircut. Do you think I could pull that off? Yeah. Why won't you try? Let's try tonight. Let's, uh, you no, cook. no, let's, no. Me and you are not cutting each other's hair, no. Let's boy. No, I, I want you to cook in the new. Just, oh, no. Or, no, we no. Just, we just ate. We just ate. Just boil eggs. Just boil an egg. egg. Okay. <laughs> just a good of you boiling uh, an egg. How's that? That's so, cooking, right? That's cooking. So, um, <laughs> okay. So uh, it made sense that cooking naked was something to take the experience to another level for me and my viewers. So I offer these dishes and instructional videos in its rawest form to you. Stripped down, easy to follow, and simply delicious. Three hundred eighty-nine thousand views <laughs> already, just because no, he's walking me. around. Yes, of him walking naked. around. Yeah, so, just an apron. An cool. apron. So, and, and he's a very good looking guy. So I yeah. think it's worth your watch if you like hairy muscle guys that are Italian and cook Italian food. Mm -hmm. I would not kick him out of my kitchen if he came over. Let's put it that way. Right. Okay. And if he wanted to cook food for me and serve it to me in bed naked, I would be okay with that too, I do believe. Okay. So. All right. I, I still wonder why this is a geek. but <laughs> Because... It's technology, baby. It's technology. It's, it's poop technology. Poop technology. Okay. Yes. Could poop pills be the key to treating obesity? Could a regiment of freeze-dried uh, freeze poop pills be the key to weight loss? That's kind of gross. That's what scientists at Massachusetts General Hospital will try to find out in a randomized clinical trial that starts this year, Ars Technica reported. On the surface, the study in which 20 obese... I hope there's pictures. <laughs> I like obese guys. Uh, 20 obese participants will ingest capsules containing fecal matter from lean, healthy donors for six weeks. Sounds like an Onion article. Yes, it does, but looks like it's real. So what studies have shown significant differences between the microbiomes of obese and lean participants, with the latter having a generally more diverse population of bacteria. And previous research hints that these poop pills, which introduce donors... Uh, intestinal microbes to, particip to participant gu guts may result in weight loss. I don't know. It's kind of dangerous. I feel like it's dangerous. In study there that... There are people out there that do scat all the time and none of them are dead yet. So Yeah, that's true. That's the most intense <sighs> way of getting the poop pills. Okay. Ugh. In study that involved sets of human twins where one twin was lean and the other obese, researchers found that when the gut bacteria from, a lean, from the lean twin were transplanted into micro, microbe-free mice, the mice remained slim. But when the mice received the bacteria transplant from the obese twin, the, they gained weight. Ah, depends on the donor. That said, scientists are just beginning to parse out the, out the com complex, potentially significant relationship between microbiomes and human health. Elaine Yu, a clinical uh, researcher who is leading the trial... <laughs> I wonder how he's uh, how she's extracting it. Told Ars Technica that it, if the results show the transplanted gut bacteria have an impact, 
it could lead to targeted treatments for weight loss. So if you eat poop, you can lose weight. Depends on who's the donor, I guess. Well, I, I think it's an interesting article on the fact that I think somebody that has weight problems like me, we eat the same bad shit for us, so we don't get a diverse culture mm-hmm. of bacteria. Even though I eat yogurt and other stuff, and I, I guess I need to take more probiotics and see if that would help. Mm-hmm. But I think some people that are naturally lean and healthy and have a more active lifestyle has got to have better bacteria in their body to help digest stuff. So I think this. I think it's an interesting study, and I like to see where it where it goes to. Not that I want to be eating people's poop because I'm not into scat. I'm just but, telling you that now. But there, I'm sure they will work out a way to get the correct microbes. There is rimming. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. If you've eaten somebody's ass, you've eaten some poop, some fecal matter, anyhow. So yeah. regardless of how clean it is, you've eaten, you've gotten some, but some le poop. But the problem with that, though, the difference though is this is what I think the difference is. If you if you rim someone it gets digested it doesn't even reach your intestines because through the mouth uh, you know um it's already dissolved it's already digested and when it once it reaches your stomach more acid and then by the time it reaches your your in- intestines then uh, the the bacteria whatever bacteria is the donor bacteria is it's already gone but if it's a capsule it has a delayed effect when you actually swallow it even though it's poop inside, that's what I think is what's happening, just like any other probiotic. That once you ingest it going, and then it, it's timed. It's timed dissol- uh, dis- uh, dissolving. So it dissolves in, at the right time when it reaches your gut. Then it, but that t- at that point, then it dissolves the capsule. And then it releases the, the bacteria. But I don't know. I mean, so, that, but will we see the f- ads in the future? Your play poop. Love <laughs> Le, uh, uh, le poop à la mode. What's the Greek one? Uh, <laughs> what? Greek yogurt? The Greek yogurt. What's the name of it? Chabons? What's it called? Oh, ch- uh, uh, Sibons. Ch- Chabon. Wait, wait, wait. Greek, Greek yogurt. Choban, what's it? Chobani. Chobani. Chobani Greek yogurt. Okay. Chobani booty. Chobani booty. That's what they call it. <laughs> Oh, okay. okay, I'll take the first one of the bizarre. There are two bizarres. And you can Why? T- because they're very related. That's okay, right. go ahead. You can't do one. With, well, you can do one without the other, but it's pretty damn hard. So. And you guys might have seen it on, on Facebook right now, but <coughs> we just had me. to talk about it. So yeah. Here we go. Angry militia leader, stop mailing us dildos. We need snacks. No one ever said it's easy to take a stand against the federal government. It's cold, there aren't enough snacks, everyone is pissy, and a bunch of strangers won't stop sending you hate mail and dicks. Oregon militia organizer John Ritzheimer really, really fucking hates Uncle Sam. But what he hates even more is all those obscene and generally unhelpful emails and packages that that strangers from around the country and Gawker are sending to his band of armchair commandos. (laughs) In a new Facebook post and accompanying video, Ritzheimer says he's the sick of this garbage. It's sad that there are people who would spend spend this kind of money on this rather than spending it to do good in the world. I've done living in fear of an oppressing force. I'm going to uphold my oath to the Constitution and sleep great at night knowing that I did everything in my power to ensure what our founding fathers did for us will not be lost. He takes particular issue with the enormous dildo and bag of dicks that appear to be made out of candy, a form of snacks. So I'm not sure where his beef is here. Militia spokesperson Maureen Moe Peltzer echoes Ritzman's disgust. 
People sending money to spending money to send us items representing their hate that could have been spent on good things it's not or those hate, in it's need love. or something. Billy Gober posted a genius idea. Sell it back on eBay. So keep sending stupid shit. It's going to turn a dime for them. LOL economics. I love the idea of the Oregon Munition Man sending, selling dildos on eBay. So yeah, consider the plan fully endorsed. Okay, so yeah, the, the video is pretty funny because, yes. you know. Because he gets pissed off and just slams all the shit in the oh floor. Oh my God, that dildo was really long. Long. Well, it's a double end dog. It's a double end. Oh, it's a yeah. double end dildo. dildo so. so him and Amon and Bundy, Bundy can do it. Do oh it. my god, that is so hot. And I think they, if they were used and sold on Amazon, oh no, no it's wrapped. It, it, it's it, it's in a. It's one of those. I uh, know, but I'm saying if they were used by oh, the they were used man, and they were more expensive. Man, then they could sell them for more money. Oh my god, that's right. It's just like just like underwear for from. For $10,000, you get this double-ended dildo of Amon and Reitzinger. Oh, my God. People are going to buy it. Then they'll be because fundraising. they could do this because, Maynard? Why? Oh, the next article. Okay, that's right. Segway, baby. It's all okay. <laughs> so, uh, there's a big response. to uh, not, not, It's more like a follow-up for them, which is for, you know, it's just hot. And it's really great for these guys. So the co-founder of Cards Against Humanity sent the Oregon militia 55 gallons of lube. The poor Oregon militia. <laughs> They're just some nice friends sitting around an occupied federal building telling stories. Dude, remember that time we showed the government? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's pretty much what's in their mind. And uh, they're hankering for a miracle whip and French vanilla coffee creamer. Take it easy on them. No one else is. Earlier this week, people took it upon themselves to stock the Oregon militia with dildos. Like the last article. Unsurprisingly, the men were surprised. How dare we? But this got Max Temkin, co-founder of Cards Against Humanity, thinking about one important question. Could these guys, uh, could these nice guys use some lube with their dildos? So, Temkin's cards... <laughs> Because against humanity ep epitomizes the notion of taking something too far, which is right. That's how cards against, uh, uh, cards against humanity does. So, um, was sending Amon, Amon Bundy and his Oregon brother brothers a 55-gallon drum of passion natural water-based lubricant valued at $1,175 too far? You think so? More like not far enough. And, and yeah, it's... It's just funny. I mean, it's 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 awesome. They topped the dildo part. <laughs> well, see now, even if they don't use it for the dildos, they could do an inflatable pool and do lube wrestling. wrestling. Oh my god! And, and then put it in a video. And, and put it on a video and sell it online oh and make money to support god. their cause to buy go buy snacks. With. That is brilliant. Yeah, we could we could definitely do that. See, this is an ongoing money maker, which is why the government has not shut it down because they're white and they're making the economy happen, people. <laughs> Okay, so I guess uh, what do you guys think? What do you guys think of uh, the Oregon militiamen? <laughs> okay, so yeah, uh, I guess that's that's it for the show. Um, yeah. Thank you, uh, Dylan, for joining us in the show again. Uh, go to Bear Books. Wolf, <laughs> Wolf, check out Wolf. Yeah, check check out the BearBonesBooks.com. So we are going to play some uh, some video from our friend Don. You're listening to. BearPodcast.com. You go. Yeah. Go. If I was doing it, that's how it'd be done. <laughs> uh, hello, Nard. Hello, Ray. This is Don from um, Toronto, Canada. Just saying, what's up? 
and also to wish you congratulations for doing over 600 shows. It was an amazing feat. Um, I know if I did a podcast, I could never <laughs> imagine doing it, the amount of hard work you guys had to put in you know, almost week after week and putting forward a show. I imagine if I had to do something like that, um, it wouldn't even last that long. I'd be like, bears are hot. And I'd be, wolf, grr, wolf, grr, I'm hungry. Dan, it'll probably last five, ten episodes. I'll probably get kicked off iTunes for putting posting something inappropriate on X from X2. Ooh. <laughs> Just explain them. They're bears being all natural. But I digress. Um, well, see, there you can do you an X2 for being bear podcast. A voice for all of us, the community, um, a voice that was much needed, to, and especially to make people feel comfortable, not only just with coming out, but for them, within themselves. And I think that's very important. Um, thank you for putting some ethnic flavor on the air, because that's <laughs> also very important to have various bears of all different colors, sizes, and races, and shapes to be represented because in the end we're all in this struggle together. Um, yeah. Congratulations or 600 shows, whatever you guys do. I want you guys to know this. You're a hero in my eyes as well as in everybody's eyes in the bear community Aww. and beyond. Congratulations. Good luck and all the best. Peace. Take care, Nard. And I'll miss the, the, the whole, your, your wicked podcast. Bye, Nard. Bye, Ray. Or as we say in Canada, au revoir. Salut, bye-bye. Thanks, Don. And Don, you don't know the drama that goes on behind the scenes with this one. (laughs) It's like, girl, is my hair done? You can't do that. We got to do it this way. No, I don't like that article. It's not gay enough. It's not gay enough. It's not geek enough. (laughs) You don't know what's going on in the end. It's too old. It's too old. (laughs) Oh, you don't know what's going on. Calm down, people. This is our fun hobby. This is not work for us. If it was work, we'd be destitute and couldn't afford to do this. <laughs> okay, so thank you again, Don, for all the support. Oh, I saw him. We did see him once at uh, at um, uh, Drench Fur. Oh, was it? Dr- oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah, okay, Drench Fur. Okay. And uh, he gave us a bear, a small little bear. So thank you again, Don, for all the support. And uh, yeah, hey, say say hi to Darren for me. Okay. Uh, Oh, it's, we have some uh, some some comments. We uh, have some listener comments from bottom to top. I know all about bottoms. Thank you. I know. <laughs> I got that down. Okay, these are comments from Bear Podcast five ninety seven. The first one is from Richland Z. Nice cover photo from the Bear Erotic novel, especially the butt. Yes. Well, you know we like butts around here, so we, and inter- we cannot lie. <laughs> So we interviewed Ron Suresh in the last episode, and uh, we just we had the uh, you know uh, the uh, you know the biggest belly. <laughs> is that the biggest belly? Is that the biggest belly, right? Yeah, that's the uh, title of the of the show, and uh, we had the book and the biggest lover. Sorry, the biggest lover, and yeah, we have the big butt as one of the artwork. Yeah. So okay, what's next? All right, on to Leonard, nineteen sixty four. I will miss you guys, Aww. Leonard. We're gonna miss you, man. We're gonna miss you too. Thank we you. We're gonna me. miss you. <laughs> and then from uh, M Young VA, I think he's from Virginia. I think I'm guessing. Yeah. So please don't go, or at least have Nard do a spin off podcast. Oh. Well, <coughs> I don't well, know. Well, let Nard do. What if I want to do my own podcast? That's right. What, what about forget Nard? What if I want to do? Pod- what if <laughs> I want to do a real bear? Naked cook it, cook off shit. <laughs> Not some muscle boiling bear. Do it, Here, Ray. Just this is boiling. how I boil water. Yeah. 
This is how I cook an egg. That's right. How many pots do you pots This do you is why use? I'm so big. Let me cook you some bacon, some scrambled eggs, some hash browns, some grits, and oh, I need a pound of butter, please. Thank you. <laughs> you put butter on on a you put, I'm from the south. You, you put, put butter, butter on, on everything? everything. How many pounds? You don't say sticks. You say how many pounds, pounds of butter do you have? <laughs> three pounds of butter today, please. I'm cooking for my family. Yeah. <laughs> If you want to contact us, send your emails to show at bearpodcast.com. And if you want to call us, you only have one more episode left, so make it good. Two more. Well, one more no, episode. No, one more. There's one more episode, because after that, if you contact us, there ain't going to be no more episodes to put it on. So, And I doubt we'll have time on episode 600, because that's going to be a big show. So. Mm-hmm. so anyway, you got one more episode to call us at 206-222-2327. That's 206 206- 222-B-E-A-R. Call us and leave us a voice message and we will play it on the show. Yes. And uh, subscribe via iTunes. You can still subscribe and a few more episodes to go. And uh, Vimeo on YouTube. You can also listen to the show on Bear Radio Network and uh, Stitch Radio. And you can also go to the official website at bearpodcast.com where you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you everyone for watching or listening and we'll catch you guys on the next episode of Bear Podcast. And wolf so many hugs. Wolf water bear. Podcast your ass. Wolf water bear. Wolf water bear. Podcast your ass. Wolf water bear. Wolf water bear. Podcast your ass. Wolf water bear. On this episode of Bear Podcast, interview with Dylan Tuck. Dylan. 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 Tommy's good. Okay, okay. Well, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay.